Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello and welcome to our podcast with Ken Rundle and, as promised, Philip Cosgrave, Yarra's Country Grassland Specialist. Together, we're looking forward to the season ahead and thinking about grazing and silage strategies. Philip, we obviously have no real idea what kind of season we're in for, but how's it started? What's your impression of conditions around the UK and Ireland? Well, they're, they're, they've certainly um, they've improved, Ken. We had a, a very wet March and, a, and, a, and, and early April was very wet. Um, and that has led to issues with, with farmers getting um, stock out to grass. And I suppose um, grazing conditions haven't been haven't been very good. But farmers have worked around that. You know, it has meant maybe on off grazing and um, bringing cows in for periods when when it was um, when it was too wet. Um, but, yeah, a lot of farmers have managed that. Uh, as well as they could but thankfully um you know ground conditions have been, have improved lately anyway so that that's that's um good and that obviously allows then for farmers to um get some fertilizer out as well because that was delayed too and i guess you know it has for for some farmers who would probably like to have fertilized their first cuts at this stage um you know that they they have but they they may be running maybe you know two odd weeks later than they than they probably normally would oh, yeah i've seen a few herds out uh grazing during the day i was down in uh, down into england and back up again uh, a couple of weeks ago and saw the odd odd herd of cows out so there is some movement i think at least yeah no it's it's um i suppose some farmers have adapted to this and they've they're they can be quite good at at uh, managing this with with multiple entry points into paddocks and and you know letting cows out for maybe um you know two two to three hours and bringing them back in so yeah and it depends on the type of cow that you have as well and, and the type of stock that you have but yeah the, you know grass has been growing pretty well um but it was just the utilization of that grass has been a problem for particularly for grazing well, looking forward then to first cut silage crops. What's your thinking on the application dates and uh, rates in this season? Some farmers, um, you know, are okay in that they've, um, you know, with February being so good, they got slurry out and early, even into early March, they got um, fertilizer applications out. Um, but for others, as I mentioned before, that um, they're probably, they probably fertilized later. Um, and then there are some that were, we're only looking at, at fertilising first cuts, um, even heading towards the end of April. So certainly for those who have that who haven't applied first cut fertiliser yet, um, and that are usually applying it later than normal, you know, if they have a, they've if they've an intended harvest date, um, you know, they should be looking at the number of days between when they're going to apply this fertiliser and their harvest date, and then say that each day then that um, the crop will have a a requirement of two and a half kilos of N per day um, and judge their, their nitrogen rate um, that way rather than just applying the same amount of nitrogen as they always did, even though it could be um, two weeks later than um, than normal. Yeah, manage for the real conditions, not not historically, not what you've always done. Yes, correct. I suppose these days we can't ignore the fact either that many farmers use contractors as an integral part of their business model. And we can't always assume a contractor will be available just at the time you might need them. So, again, adjusting all these kind of things need to be taken into account properly. Yes. And, you know, farmers have very good um, relationships with, with, with contractors. But I guess, um, 
you know, when the when the when the good weather comes, um, everyone wants the contractor at the same time. But certainly, that is something to be, um, that is a, a an issue. And I suppose it's about working with your contractor to try and come up with, um, a way around that that everyone is that both the contractor and the farmer are happy. But you know, I guess it's important. Um, I guess nearly leading on from the previous question, um, in that, you know, farmers that have um looked at um, you know, I suppose what their probable harvest date is going to be, and maybe if they fertilize later, their crops might be looking a little bit lighter. But certainly, um, there is going to be an issue there with if you allow your crop, um, to 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 grow longer and cut later, you are going to increase the amount of dry matter you have or the amount of bulk you have but you're going to um, reduce the amount of quality you have and remember I suppose for every week delay in harvest um, your your D value is going to drop by um, roughly around about 3.3% per week um, and also with protein levels in grass um, you know uh, there's a probably for every week delay your protein levels in your grass are probably going to be somewhere around about maybe 2 to 2.5% drop in protein for every week um, and I suppose you know, if we look at just on animal performance, if, you know, a 1% increase in, in, in silage D value means that it increases dry matter intakes of about point, just over 0.2 of a kilo. Um, and that can raise milk yield by over 0.3 of a kilo per, you know, um, with that, just that 1% um, increase in D value. And, you know, we can, we can substitute out, you know, that can replace 0.4 to 0.5 kgs of concentrate. So, there's a lot of things to be looking at, and and that's there's similar kind of figures there for um uh for daily live weight gain on on beef animals as well. So you need to very you know choose that date um very carefully and and to produce silage that matches your your production system. And as we've discussed before, uh, there's evidence to show that an extra cut um, is going to be better than waiting for the bulk, as it were. In other words, the, the, the people who cut more often during the season actually had better quality silage at the end of the day, and there's evidence to prove that. Yes, there is. Um, and because, you know, if you cut your grass at a, at a, an earlier uh, stage, you know, you do, it's it's the similar, it's, near, it's getting very close to, you know, that 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 three-leaf stage that, that you know, um, that you'd like to graze your grass at. So you're you're building in your protein, you've got ME, you've got digestibility, um, and certainly then that you you don't have the bulk. What you do have is you've got that quality, which then can displace um, purchase concentrates. And we know now that um, I suppose fertilizer prices have come back, but um, uh, concentrate prices have remained stubbornly high due to some of the ingredients in the, to, in particularly the protein um, constituents in those concentrate um, rations have. Um, have gone up in price um, in the last couple of months. So, you know, quality um, rather than um, bulk is what I I think we should be um, placing a real emphasis on. Well, I suppose we shouldn't ignore energy costs and carbon footprints, et cetera. But uh, anyway, we've tended to think in our discussion so far about dairy producers. What about those with beef and even post-lambing sheep? What's the advice for them? Well, they there's a tendency they're usually not as... Um, uh, as intensively stocked as maybe many, as many dairy farms, but certainly, um, from my understanding of, you know, talking to, to beef and sheep farmers, um, last year, um, you know, a lot of, because of the, the cost of, 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 um, of fertilizer, 
Um, and then that, that drought period we received in the middle of the summer that, that really impacted on, on beef and sheep farmers last year. Um, hopefully things have, have uh, with the cost side of fertilizer, um, it has moderated in price. But certainly we, um, you know, when suckler cows calve in, in March or even into early April and, and, and there's many, um, flocks, um, lambing at the moment, uh, um, you know, across the, um, the UK and Ireland. Um, but it's important for those lactating animals to be getting out to, to enough grass, um, you know, to produce enough milk for, for their offspring. Because, um, if you can get that first six weeks, um, you know, good milk production, you get a good peak, you know, uh, those, you know, calves and lambs, um, will do very well and get off to a really good start. And I suppose it's also important, I suppose, that, um, we, we grow enough grass, um, for those grazing animals, but then it allows us then to close off first cut silage ground, um, to make enough silage and even second cut silage then for, for the winter time quality product as well. But you can't afford to let the ground get under, under fertilized. And I suppose it's a, what you're talking about though, is utilizing the grass growth curve as efficiently as possible. Yes, and making making the most of that curve when it allows you to close up ground um, to um, make enough silage. Um, and I, I guess it's it's worth pointing out that that you know for farmers who haven't applied any P and K, um, you know, last year maybe it it, it may be may have been twenty twenty one since they applied some P and K even on grazing. Like it's important to get some P and K out there um, at this time of the year to really, I suppose. I suppose optimize the amount of nitrogen that's been applied because if we apply nitrogen, and um, sometimes that nitrogen we're not going to get a very good response to that nitrogen if something else is 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 missing, and that can be I suppose you know phosphate in particular, um, but also um, potash too. So this is where we're looking at at farmers, um, you know, just not look at just not looking at at nitrogen applications, but if they if they need it, they need to be going using a, a an NPK product with sulfur. And to make best use of that nitrogen and to grow as much grass as you can um, for your for your animals at this time of the year. Farmers everywhere are being encouraged to test their soils for various government schemes and uh, future projects. Uh, it's well worth making the use of the data that you get and uh, not wasting it, not just doing the test for the government's sake. It's a case of using the data and, and, and learning from it. Certainly. Now, it's early, I know, but what about second cut silage? Are there any hints on strategy as far as that's concerned? Because there's a bit more time to think ahead for that one. Well, certainly, you know, preparation for second, for for um, getting things out of the way for first cut. But um, but for second cut, um, you know, we're looking at, at um, you know, looking at what area we're going to cut for second cut because a lot of farmers won't cut um, the same amount for first cut as second cut but looking at the amount of the the area and I know that might might be a, a guesstimate at this stage depending on the yield of, of first cut but certainly um, we can have a look at, at nutrient management plans to see what um, you know organic manures need to be applied by way of slurry but then matching that up then with um, mineral fertilizer so do we need um, looking at soil test results do we just need a a nitrogen with sulfur product or do we need a um a, an npk with with s product so and with regards to nitrogen rates um i guess for those that are cutting more frequently say four weeks or just over a little bit over four weeks four or five weeks we're looking at nitrogen rates of, of you know 70 to to maybe 80 kilos of n um per hectare and and you know with with sulfur included as well 
And then um, for those that are looking for a kind of a longer um, growth period for that second cut, then we're looking at probably closer to, you know, 90 to um, to 100 kilos of, of N in that in those scenarios. And let's hope the, the season plays ball on that one. So then, Philip Cosgrave, it's reminder time, I suppose. What are your bullet points? I guess make sure, you know, you take advantage to that, that grass growth curve, particularly, I think, on, on beef and sheep farms um, that apply enough fertilizer and, and also look at those other nutrients as well that that, that we're not mining our soils of, of, of P and K. Um, I suppose of preparation for first cut as well, making sure that that silage pits or silage clamps are clean and, and ready to be filled. And if you've if you're your mowers that the, the actual um, knives are sharp and, 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 and ready to go. Um, and for I suppose for grazing, I suppose making sure that um, you know for intensive grazing situations that um, you know nitrogen applications are up to date because they may have been delayed with that wetter weather in, in early April, but making sure you get that um, nitrogen, um, I suppose, applications up to date so that you're going to maximise um, grass growth as, as I suppose, um, as we get into the end of April, um, early May. But I suppose the other thing for grazing is that, you know, most farmers are now, or dairy farmers, um, say, intensively grazing are going to be into their second round. But it's important anyway that we get good graze outs on those um, second round paddocks when we're grazing them, you know, down to four centimetres, because that will um, impact, um, you know, subsequent grazings to a, a large extent. Um, and I suppose, lastly, it's just, you know, to get, look and see how much fertiliser you need for second cut, get that in the yard. Um, so that you're ready from when um, first cut is taken, that you can actually apply whether it's slurry, but then also apply your your fertilizer um, within you know a week after that slurry, so that you get your second cuts off to the best start. And with all this planned, for goodness sake, make sure you don't actually compact your fields too much, given the conditions, because we know how much that detracts from grass growth. Certainly, you know we need to you know, mind all those, um, particularly with, with, with minding our soils and, um, you know, preventing compaction. Anyway, it can be very, um, yeah, a bit challenging, but still we need to to always bear that in mind. Philip Cosgrave, thanks very much. Philip Cosgrave is Yara's Country Grassland Specialist. My name's Ken Rundle, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time focusing on field crops. Join me then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.